Blog Talk Radio. Talk Radio, The Date with Destiny, for Monday, May the 6th, 2019. I'm your host and author of the book, Destiny Awaits, The Pouring Out of Wisdom for Humanity to Drink, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you from Owings Mills, Maryland. And this broadcast is being sponsored by Masterminds LLC, inspiring and empowering people to achieve a greater destiny. We are super excited this evening about being with you and to be able to share love and wisdom with the desire to uplift, inspire, motivate, and empower you to live a more peace-filled, joyful, and loving life. So to receive and download this podcast, simply go to the iTunes store, click on podcast, and type in a date with destiny. You can also receive it via my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, or simply by Googling us, Blog Talk Radio, A Date with Destiny. Also, follow us on Twitter at least 101, that's L-Y-S-E 101. If you would like to become a sponsor or to get more exposure for your literary work or business, you can send a message via my website, info at yourdestinyawaits.net, or via my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited to be able to share with our listeners information from people of all walks of life that we believe will inspire, motivate, and empower you. We are happy to be celebrating our sixth year of broadcasting and can't wait to share some great things from some really extraordinary people that we have coming up for the rest of this season. So yes, we just, um, the 19th of April actually, uh, celebrated our sixth year of broadcasting. So that, I believe, deserves just a little bit of applause. Thank you very much. Yes, we are excited. Woo-hoo! So tonight we have another amazing show. Our guest This evening is Mr. Loki Mulholland. Loki Mulholland is an award-winning filmmaker, author, activist, and son of civil rights icon Joan Trumpower Mulholland, in which we had on our show just a few short weeks ago. So if you haven't yet heard that podcast, you need to go into iTunes, Google it or whatever. It's easy to find, and you need to take a listen because she is absolutely amazing. And Loki is also an Emmy-winning producer 
who has received 40 Telly Awards, 40 Telly Awards, and Loki's films on race and social justice issues have won him 12 Best Documentary Awards. His first book, She Stood for Freedom, was nominated for the 2017 Amelia Bloomer Award, and Loki speaks across the country on issues of race and social justice. He is also the founder and executive director of the Joan Trumpower Mulholland Foundation, which was created to end racism through education. So without further ado, A Date with Destiny would like to welcome Mr. Loki Mulholland to the show. Hello, Loki. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much. We are so excited to have you with us. We couldn't. We we were just looking forward to this for so long. It seems like forever. So now we're just happy to have you oh. here. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm I'm actually in uh, Selma, Alabama. I was just with uh, Joanne Blackman Bland, where we're shooting a new documentary about voter disenfranchisement. Oh wow! How's that going? Uh, it's going good. The weather's been uh, treating us treating us well. It's not humid yet, so we'll take what we can that's get. A, that's a good thing. That's a good thing, especially down in Alabama. Oh, so Loki, oh yeah. So, yeah. Well, one of the things, that's what we're going to talk about. We have so much ground to cover in such short um, amount of time because the show, when, especially when the conversation gets so good, it really goes by so quickly. So I'm going to really try to fit in as much as I can um, because you are just as amazing as your mom. Um, and I've talked to you a couple of times, um, you know, we've shared some things and I just find that the work that you do, um, is much needed, um, especially for a time such as this, you know, the state that we are in, um, as a country. And one of the Uh things, um, that I want to start off with is, uh, you have some mighty big footsteps to follow in. Um, and as one of five boys raised by such an iconic figure, tell us when you started to sit up and really take notice of how much of a big deal your mom was. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, when we actually took notice, quite frankly, it was actually in high school. Um, okay. And that's when we started seeing that famous, that iconic photograph of the Jackson Woolworth sit-in and her sitting there in the middle as her pouring stuff on her head with Ann Moody and John Salter next to her. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd seen that photo our entire lives. I mean, it wasn't yeah. anything new to us. And then to see it in a textbook was like, oh, wait a second. Why is mom in a textbook? Um, right. You know, growing up, we, we would have civil rights people, you know, from the old days, if you will, you know, coming through the house and stuff. And, and that was just old people telling old stories. You know, we're kids. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear that stuff. We just want to go play. Right. Um, so, osmosis, right? That's how we kind of took it. Um, it was interesting, you know. I mean, obviously, we knew about you know Martin and Malcolm and such, but in that in in our house, it was really about Medgar Evers, um, mm. because that's where my mom was. That was who she worked with, and many of the people that would come to the house uh, worked with Medgar directly as well. And so, mm-hmm. for us, that was our Martin, if you will. Right. Right, and you know. It- it was so um, surreal for me because, as you said, you know, we grew up looking at that picture. 
Um, it was in mm-hmm. textbooks, and and especially during Black during Black History Month, you would always hear about the um, the Freedom Rides and the Montgomery Ward um, boycott and the sit-ins and this and that and the other. And so that picture was always associated with that and Black History. So <laughs> to find out that that was your mom. Um, that was in that photo after like I'm seeing this my whole life, you know, and I'm like, oh right. my gosh, what? This, what? So yeah. for me, you know, that was go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just saying for me so, that was such a surreal moment. So I can't even imagine for you yeah. what that was like. Yeah, you know, it's it's for me it's one of those things where every now and then it's just strikes me and I, I get yeah. I get a chance to step back and go, Oh my gosh, that's my mother. Um, right. what really when we did the, the documentary An Ordinary Hero about the life of my mother and the civil rights movement, particularly the student movement, um, it was one I would call people or or you know, or places like the Smithsonian or the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute and ask for a photograph or ask for a video or for an interview. And without fail, every single time it was for Joan, anything. Um, that's when it really, really started to click going, you know, my gosh, you know, what did she do? Right. Uh, the magnitude of the sacrifice she was willing to make, uh, and then to see the generations, not just people her age who grew up under segregation, but people, the young people today, uh, who will come up to her and thank her for the work they, you know, that she did that because of the work she did, you know, they're able to, you know, do the things they're able to do. And, and, and of course, you talk to my mother. I mean, she's like, look, I was just one of thousands of people. Yeah. You know, very humble, um, very humble. And, but, you know, there were millions of people in the country. So, yeah. I mean, it was a, I, I, I called, you know, the, the civil rights movement, you know, the first real American revolution because it was a revolution for everyone. Whereas yeah. the American revolution was just for white men, you know? Right. Um, and that willingness to, again, you know, put your life on the line literally uh, when you didn't have to. Uh, Yeah. You know, it's it's truly, to me, heroic. Yes, it is. And so for you, now I do want to, you know, talk about your films because I've seen three of them, um, starting with An Ordinary Mm -hmm. Hero, which it was just amazing, Mm -hmm. by the way. If you all have not seen it yet, it's on um, Amazon Prime. You can watch all of his films there. But An Ordinary Hero, so... Okay, you said in high school that you started to recognize your mom for, you know, some of the things. And then I guess when you started out, when did you start out knowing, you know what, this is what I want to do? Because you are an educator. You educate young people on the civil rights movement and not just the civil rights Mm -hmm. movement, but it goes so much further than that. When did you start having the, the drive to do that? Well, uh, it, it really all hit me when we were um, doing a screening of An Ordinary Hero at Ole Miss and, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Oxford, Mississippi, where James Meredith, you know, was with 20,000, the support of 20,000 troops, uh, you know, integrated Ole Miss. And we had college-educated kids in Mississippi come up to us and say, we never heard any of this. Mm. Now, my instinct was, well, this is Mississippi. Of course they never heard any of it. And I said, well, how, how is this possible? I mean, 80% of this movie takes place in your state. Right. Um, 
But I, I just never knew that people really didn't know about the civil rights movement. But all they really mm-hmm. knew was, you know, Dr. King had a dream and Rosa sat on a bus. And, right. and that was it, uh, if that. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't realize the blessing that I had of growing up, you know, with this knowledge um, from, you know, from my mother and, and her friends. And so uh, I said, you know what, this, this has got to change. And people ask me all the time, like, you know, hey, would you, would you have sat at the lunch counter? I'm like, you know, uh, I don't have to because my mother already did. Oh. But I have to do what I can do because doing nothing's not an option. Right. So I do, I do the films, I speak, and I do the books and so forth because that's my gift. That's that's what I've been blessed with. I, honestly, I don't know if I could have sat the lunch counter. Probably not. Quite frankly, right. I like to think I had the same fortune as my mother, but you know, uh, th- those are rare, rare people. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. People like my mother and and, and Medgar and. Joanne and John Lewis and Bob Zellner. And yeah. These, these people, I mean, my gosh. Every, every I just generation has them. them. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think I'm one of them, but I, I, I do what I can do. You know, Loki, that just, I, I have chill bumps just running all through my body when you started mentioning the names of these people um, who really sacrificed their lives and who who uh, were incarcerated behind this and beaten and abused and just went through so much. But, you know, um, I find that we never know what we will and what we will or what we're capable of doing until we're faced with something. You know what I mean? And for you, your films really say so much. Um, You, you, um, you, you bring attention to issues that a lot of people never really thought about because they never had to. And that's one of the things I really love about your work. Uh, you raise awareness um, and you bring it out in front, in front of people's faces, and you make them talk about it. And you make them see. Now, now, tell, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that people only see what they want to see. Sure. Um, and you do a great job at um, exposing racism at the core that you know in my opinion when you well, when i watched the uncomfortable yeah. truth it was amazing right well and, and and in that story i mean you're seeing you know when you said you know you only see what you want to see um you know not to give away the end of the story but right. um we we all do that um yeah. with my story about mary harris and and not seeing her um, that's interesting because I was going through, I was going through some old interviews. Now that that film, The Uncomfortable Truth, was shot like, gosh, six seven years after we shot An Ordinary Hero. Mm-hmm. And I was going through the interviews that I did with my my aunt, my mom's sister, which we never used in An Ordinary Hero. But I was, I was pulling up the interview to pull some of the audio, and in that she talks about Mary Harris. Mm-hmm. I it it went right through me. I wasn't ready to see her. Tell everyone who Mary that. Harris and is. So, so um, Mary Harris was a, a former slave who lived with the family. Okay. Um, 
but that's and that's all part of this journey and and, and the uncomfortable truth um mm-hmm. in, in, in that film but but we all have that we we all have these uh you know our mary harrises right mm-hmm. um and i i think today the same thing you know in, in regards to how we view racism when i when i talk with people you know uh you know white people um white people view racism very differently than in the african american community you know it's, mm-hmm. it's black and white photographs it's you know the lunch counters it's the burning buses the clan and these sort of things um and so they compartmentalize that the signs are down the everyone can ride them the buses together and these sort of things so racism must be over um, right but when you dive deeper into the aspect of institutional racism there's a disconnect and a part of that disconnect mm-hmm. is 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 not is this unwillingness to own that and to, to believe that they're actually a part of that, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and to you know, to un- you know, I hate to use the expression to unpack all of that and that mm-hmm. meaning. It's like it's I, I, and when I talk with kids, I, you know, I, inevitably I always get you might say kids. I'm talking like college or high school. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I never owned any slaves. It's like mm-hmm. I'm glad you never did. Right. I mm-hmm. hope you never will. Mm-hmm. I said, but it's it's not about what you didn't do. It's about what you know now and what you're going to do with it. Wonderful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. And you know, uh, Loki, it's not just the young, like your college kids that say that. I mean, all, you know, you, you read some of this stuff on oh, social media. Enough. Yeah. And, you know, the older folks, oh. um, they say it too. You know, and they want yeah. to know well, I mean, we, why we know do we. All... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, we all live in the same country. We're all fed the same diet. I, we were literally in with Joanne Bland. Now, Joanne Blackman Bland was on the Edmund Pettus Bridge that bloody Sunday. Um, mm. She was 11 years old, had already been arrested 13 times. Mm. And uh, we're in the white cemetery where they have the only spot of the cemetery that's privately owned by the daughter, is, is owned by the United Daughters of Confederacy. And they got this big statue to Bedford Forest, you know, the founder of the KKK and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's this gentleman who's parked there. We're waiting for Joanne to pull up, and there's this gentleman who's parked there. He's 70 years old. He likes to come there. He said he's in his pickup truck, which had a Confederate flag on the back. When I mean Confederate flag, I don't mean the stars and bars. I'm talking about the actual Confederate States of America flag. Mm. So you know he's hardcore. Mm-hmm. And we start talking a little bit. It, he 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 just I'm wearing a shirt that I have on right now that says that's my mom's mugshot and says my mom's an ex-con. That went right through mm. him. Um, right. <laughs> but he, we're sitting here talking and he says um, well, you know, uh, 1965, that was all those outside agitators. That's the words he used. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, within two days of being here, we've had at least three people tell us, and he was one of them, well, that was in the past. You know, mm-hmm. people need to move on. Mm-hmm. And here mm-hmm. he is having breakfast in this peaceful surrounding of honoring the Confederacy. And yet he's mm-hmm. talking about how African-Americans mm-hmm. can't move on. Right. Right. Exactly. It's, it's just, yeah. Uh, he just, yeah, it was, it was, oh, it was interesting, you know. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we you, you see that everywhere. Um, yeah. There is this. Sense that they're losing, you know, the, the white population. You know, obviously, is the country's getting browner. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, back in the 1950s when this guy was in his prime, you know, America was like 90% white, and now it's 60% mm-hmm. white. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he sees the writing on the wall, if you will. And there's this, you know, he, he's been fed this diet of fear. Yeah. That, you know, well, be careful because when they, you know, take over, it's over for you because they're going to do to you what you did to them. See. That's just the mentality. Yeah. And, you know, Loki, that's But you're like, fed that. You're taught that. You have yes. to learn that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's nothing new. Like, you know, for African Americans, no. we've been hearing that for a long, long time. And it's nothing new. So right. they've carried it on. I mean, and they just will not let that, that theory go. Um, right. So you do work. a lot. Because it works. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you do a lot of traveling. We saw that in the last of, election. Oh, hopefully we won't see it in the next one. And Okay, so we'll get back to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. All Oh. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh-huh. But you know what? That just makes your work, what you do, stand out even more because I I still call me a dreamer, call me naive, whatever, but I still will go to my grave believing that love trumps hate any and every day of the week. Um, we just right. need people like yourself uh, to continue doing what you do because it does make an, it does make a difference. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, 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 in my belief is that we, we know who wins in the end. Yeah. You know, the, the savior will come back. He will redeem everything. Yeah. However, uh, you have to be part of that, part of that battle and part of that willingness to be on the right side. Right. Um, and so there is that dream. That's, that's why love does conquer all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we need to make sure that we're doing what, what we need to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. No uh, matter you know, what. Just, 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 yeah. No matter what. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 you know when, I, when I shot the Uncouple Truth, I actually shot two versions, one where Trump wins and one where Hillary wins. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I knew, you know, it, it didn't matter who was going to win because the, the, band-aid had, the band-aid had been peeled off and the wound yeah. had been exposed. And what had been festering was now oozing out throughout the country. Yep. And so – you know, you could just because if, if Hillary had won, that doesn't mean that would have ended. Um, right. You know, like, oh, okay, well, let's forget all about that. No, I mean, it's so, I mean, it was, it's a necessary, it's definitely a necessary evil, but I mean, I, I wish things would be different, but I'm glad mm-hmm. that people are more engaged and more aware. But we should not be surprised by this sort of backlash. I mean, when, exactly. when slavery ended, that's what happened in Reconstruction. When right. the Civil Rights and the Voting Rights Act were passed, we had the war on drugs. You know, there's this, always this backlash. So we have this liberation with Obama. Well, what else would you expect was going to happen? Right. But we are moving forward. Right. But we have to make sure we're doing the work to continue to move forward. 
Well, and that was my next question to you. Um, so, you know, you uh-huh. by you traveling and doing the work that you do, um, are you seeing a forward movement, uh, people moving forward, or are you just seeing a lot of people stagnated and, like, afraid to talk about it and they just don't want to see it? Um, well, the people I see, you know, I'm, I'm kind of preaching to the choir in certain situations, which is okay. And that's why, the, you know, the choir is at church too, and they still need to hear it. Um, yeah. but there are people who do come that, uh, it, it's the people who come up to me and go, I had no idea. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's a curiosity thing to come and kind of, let me see what this is all about. Um, and they, they are engaged. The youth are very engaged. The youth don't hold back. Uh, and when I talk about you, I'm talking all the way down to elementary school. Now, when I'm in elementary school, I'm not talking about, you know, about right. institutional racism. I'm just talking about the civil rights mm-hmm. movement. But mm-hmm. they want to know what they can do because they see my mother's story. And, you know, my mother's story begins when she's like 10 years old. They see themselves. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they, they want to know. They, you know, they Look, they live, they live in the same country. They see this. They know what's going on. Don't think kids don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. And they want to know what they can do. How they yeah. can make their Wonderful. world better. Awesome. And so, and the older kids definitely. But at the same time, I was in Wisconsin, and you know, and uh, it was interesting. So one half of the gymnasium was, ele- was a very small town. One half of the gymnasium was elementary school. The other half was high school, junior high. Mm-hmm. And the you know, they all had to raise their hands for like you know for like it was like the teacher raised their hands and everyone would quiet down. So all the kids had to raise their hands. You know that was like the symbol for everyone to like okay time to be quiet now. And one kid raised his hand doing a Nazi salute, you know, <laughs> high school kid. And, you know, got to be funny. Got to, you know, mm-hmm. got to do his thing. And that's what high school kids do. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, really? I wow. mean, that's your mentality? You, you, you think that's okay. Right. Um, it's like the kid with the prom date. You know, I don't know if you saw that, the prom invite that kid did. You oh, know, I with, saw that. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, if I was, what if it, if I was. You know, if I was black, I'd be picking cotton, but I'm white, so I'm picking you. Right? Yeah. And yeah. he thought that was okay. She thought right. it was okay because she agreed. Her parents thought it was okay, and his parents thought it was okay. <sighs> so, yeah, there's I, – I, I see a lot of people – you know, obviously, you know, that's that's not necessarily indicative of all kids, thank goodness. Right. Um, but more than not, I see – uh, when I do these things, um, people want to, you know, they want to do something. They want they they're, they're moved, they're motivated, um, and they're just looking for a catalyst. And yeah, I'm not saying I'm that catalyst, uh, but you know, it's it's the messages, the messaging that it helps is. them go, wow, okay, I can do. Yeah, it is, and I find too that in talking with white people. Um, I I really I I see that a lot of times they just don't know like oh, if no, they're yeah. not they just yeah. they and it's not they're not trying to be funny you know now I'm just not saying it's all but quite a few they're not trying to they just right. don't know and you know sometimes they'll look at you like with you know that deer caught in the headlight look and then sometimes a light bulb will go off. But the thing that I admire with people is the fact that, okay, 
So now you're asking questions. The door has been open and you want to know, you want right. to learn. You're not running and hiding in a shell and just closing your door and pretending that it doesn't exist. And I find well, a what's, lot what's of times. I mean, there, yeah, no, yeah. So we have a little delay here. So yeah, that's okay. But, uh, but, but you see that, uh, and there's a little bit of frustration that comes with that as well. It's like, how do you not know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I mean, our education system is, you know, is horrible when it comes to this sort of stuff. But, yeah. you know, but, but my response is, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, I get it, you know, I, I'm a, I'm allowed this, you know, I get this nice safe white male place and I can say these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but is, well, just because the information's there doesn't mean that person is actively looking for it. I mean, mm. technically, we should all be master mechanics and plumbers and nuclear physicists because it's all out there on YouTube and the Internet. So how right. do you not know, you know, you know, well, it's because my interest is not in those things. My interest, personally, is, you know, in social justice and civil rights and so forth. So, yeah, I'm very much steeped in, you know, in that. So yeah, that's what I go after. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you do it so well. But, you know, so, so – well, and to expect other people to know it just as much as you do, or, you know, to have those same, you know, well, particularly when it's African Americans who get frustrated with that white people don't understand. Well, yeah, you know, it, it's a very, very different lived experience. Yeah. And yeah, one that they, they don't want to cross into at times. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, you know, culpability and everything else that goes along with that. Yeah. But, um, Absolutely. Is it, it takes a lot of, a lot of patience to walk people through a process of understanding. Yeah. Um, and I, and I get it, man. Sometimes you just want to, you know, just you know, give up on people and, you know, that's just the way they're going to be. Um, yeah. But I do find that with, with that love and that patience, um, yeah, that people do go, Oh, okay. I, now I understand because they're willing, they're willing exactly. to ask the questions. And, yeah. And right now our society tries too hard to kind of shout people down and, and there's yeah. a lot of just, there's a lot of angst and, and tension, which yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. And um, you, you did another film that um, it was just, I thought it was just brilliant. Black, white, and us. Talk about that a little bit. Tell us what Ooh. that, you know, what that's about. So Black, White, and Us is about um, racism through the lens of transracial adoptions in Utah. So mm-hmm. these are white families who really believe that racism kind of was over. You know, again, coming back to that whole idea that, you know, well, those were black and white photographs, the Jim Crow signs and so forth, and Obama was president, so we've all arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they adopt these black children. Mm-hmm. And suddenly racism is very, very real. And now they have to confront it. They can no longer just ignore it and go back, you know, you know, get behind their white picket fences and, and live their, you know, their very white lives uh, because now it's happening to their child who just happens to be black. Mhm. Mhm. Now, have you reached out to any of those people that were in your film since? Now, when was the film done? When did you do this one? Uh, that one was released this year. This year. So have you um, talked to them Uh, after the film and, you know, where are they now? Like, are things getting better or since the film has been out? um, Well, I mean, we actually shot that, gosh, I think it was 2017. 
And mm-hmm. so, I mean, it was a very quick turnaround for that film, so there's not too much time that transpires. But, I mean, gotcha. you know, we we see each other on Facebook all the time, but and mm-hmm. they're, they're all very actively engaged in their communities, to, particularly the schools, to make sure that uh, there's representation. So okay. they're, they're, they're committed to making sure that things are different. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, that, and again, ladies and gentlemen, that's, uh, the name of that film is Black, White, and Us. And again, you can see that on Amazon Prime. I really encourage you to watch it, um, as well as The Uncomfortable Truth and an ordinary hero amazing films just absolutely brilliant and so now you're working on another film you're in alabama and tell us a little bit about what's going on with that one so yeah so this this one this is what i've been working on for a couple of years and just finally um we were going to do it last year but then we were asked to participate in a film about emmett till uh, which will come out Mm -hmm. end of next year Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, you know, I, I just have, this is one of those things that I, you know, I said, you know, I, I can't do everything, but I can do something because doing nothing's not an option. And mm-hmm. with this election cycle and so forth, I was like, I have to have this ready. Um, so, uh, my camera guy, Mike, uh, we're out here in, 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 um, in Selma and with Joanne Blackman Bland. And the story is, it's called After Selma. And again, it's about mm-hmm. uh, what happened to voting rights after the, the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Okay. Uh, what happened to the town of Selma? And, mm. and so Joanne Buckman Bland is this, this powerful symbol of of the Selma to Montgomery March, um, of Selma, of, you know, and who's still in the fight. She's 65, I think, now, and um, just a, a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Carol Anderson, who wrote uh, the New York Times bestselling novel, a book, um, White Rage and One Man No Vote. Uh, we have an interview with her. Uh, awesome. Uh, yeah. So we're just. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's really excited about that. It's just, it's, and when do you expect uh, that to come out? Probably. Well, that's January. January 2020. Oh, okay. We want to make sure it's ready. Yeah, we want to make sure it's ready for you know this election cycle that. You know, it's going to be part of the conversation so people can understand, um, you know, why, you know, why we need to vote, why we need to secure those things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because we get kids who say to us, you know, well, well why should I bother? Right. You know, does it really matter if I vote or not? And my response always is, um, you know, if your vote matters so much that people are working so hard to try to take it away. Right. And if they weren't, then it wouldn't matter, but it does. So. You know, that's why. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, my mom would say to me, you know, my friends died so you could vote. Yep. That's what she says uh, to, uh, you know, and to students as well. Why should I vote? Well, my friends died so you could vote. Yeah. My grandmother used to say that to me all the time. And, you know, look, Mm -hmm. I mean, she just instilled that into me. And um, I remember when I turned 18, I've never missed an opportunity to vote because I always heard her voice. And there were times when I was disenfranchised, you know, and I'm like, really, you know, but then I would hear her voice. No, you better get out there and vote because it's your right. We fought for this, blah, blah, blah. And I heard it and I still hear it. 
and that gives me the yeah. you know that makes me say you know what she's right let me just let me go in here and and you know hopefully my voice will be heard yeah so well, yeah and I know your mother sure mm-hmm. say yeah, that again the two things I always make sure I have that uh-huh. there's two things I always make sure I have and and one is a you know I'm registered to vote and the other one's an active library card yeah. And you know, and I, I told my taught my kids in early age always make sure you have a library card. You know, it's a source of knowledge. Yes, it is. You know, uh, always have access to the knowledge and access to the vote. Absolutely, absolutely. And that brings me to a quote um, that I, I, you know, doing my research for you and for the show, I came across a quote and of yours, and I thought that it was so profound, um, talking about um, failure. Um, and you said, learn to fail. It's only through failure that you grow. And then you said, if you can fail, then you can succeed. And the only way we can improve is by learning. That's deep. That's like so, because people are so, you know, I think that's what stops us. Uh, for moving forward a lot of times, the the fear of failure. Mm -hmm. And we don't talk about that enough, especially with our youth, you know, our young people, because they're they're growing up in a generation of now, now, now. They got to have it now. If it's not this, you know, I got to have it. You know, it's not happening. I got to quit. I got to start. And and they're so afraid to do something because they, you know, they're they're afraid to fail. When did that happen? Where did that come from? The fear to, well, I, I just, we're a competitive society, I think, just in general. So the desire to always succeed, you know, you you got to get an A. You got to have an A, you know, and, you know, and, and grades and so forth. Um, I mean, anyone who does business can tell you, you know, yeah. the only way you succeed is through failure. That's uh, right. I mean, we'll take a look at, I mean, we're here in Selma. I mean, so the Edmund Pettus Bridge, I mean, that, how many times did they march on the bridge? Three times before they were, they got through? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the third time, and then because Dr. King had put the call in to, uh, to make sure that they were able to march all the way to, to Montgomery. Yeah. So, I mean, what if they stopped the first time or just the second time and just said, "Oh well." Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we we, yeah. we 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 only ever see the victories. We rarely ever see defeats. That's right. Know, when we when we teach things, then when we're you know yeah. typically like the civil rights movement and stuff. I mean. Uh, we never see the work either. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, sadly, I mean, people look at my mom's story, and it's a mar- remarkable story. But I only highlight a handful of things, and I highlight them because, you know, they work great for film. Right. You know, it's what you don't see is the parts of her story where she's, you know, running a mimeogram, or typing letters, or going to college and studying late at night. I mean, who right. wants to watch that anyways? That's a big deal. Right. But right, there's a right, lot right. of other background work that goes into these things. And not yeah. everything is is considered successful. Um, right. You know, it's it's those those four guys who sat at the lunch counter, right? Yeah. Mom and I talk about this. We call it the pebble in the park. And those four guys mm-hmm. who sat at the lunch counter in Greensboro, February first, uh, nineteen sixty. They all they wanted to do was to be able to sit at the lunch counter with everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they never imagined the, the effect, the impact it was going to have. Right. Um, because you never know what your actions are going to lead to. That's but true. President Obama 
pointed back to those four guys sitting at the lunch counter and tied his election back to those four guys. But there were mm. so many years in between. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if if people gave up after, yes. you know, how many years did it take from Brown versus Board until the voting, you know, Civil Rights Act? It was right. 10 years. Yeah. 10 years, you know. Yeah. Harriet Tubman yeah. was, worked how long? I think 17 years Harriet Tubman worked yeah. to yeah, free yeah. people. Yeah. It, it was and every single said, time a success. I mean, I don't know, but. Yeah. She said she could have freed thousands of yep. thousands more if they had yep. just, you know. Known yeah. they were slaves. Yeah. Isn't that something? Right. God, I got goosebumps again. Because you're right. You're so right. Um, and again, that's why your work is so important. And people like you who um, go around and, and, and talk about this. You know, I don't, there are times when there's certain things that might come on TV, for example, or certain movies. And, you know, yeah, I kind of get tired of seeing 12 Years a Slave or this, that, and the other. But then at the same time, there's a whole generation that's growing up without knowing anything because nobody wants to talk about it anymore. And so I think, like you said, if they see these things and see how people like the John Lewis's and your mom and Martin Luther and, and all of the Harriet Tudman's, and if they see and know their struggle and that they didn't quit, but they, 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 and they failed sometimes. But they didn't quit. We're here because they didn't quit. (laughs) You know, and I think kids are just are coddled too much. You know what I mean? They're coddled, like where they're like people are. Their parents are afraid to share like real life experiences with them because this is real. Yeah, this stuff is real. Yeah, yeah. You know. And you talked about uh, one of the things. It's just so many things, Loki. Oh, my gosh. You grew up, and, of course, again, you didn't know, like, until later on, like, really what all this meant. So hearing some of the stories that your mom probably shared with you, and I know you told one uh, about the KKK, um, you know, that stopped um, her with her four fellow activists when they were leaving Canton, Mississippi, I believe, mm-hmm. and how they surrounded the car. Right. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. when I listen to these stories and I'm like, oh my God, your mom was like in the car when this was happening. And I, right. you know, and I can't even imagine like what was going through. I, of course, what was going through her mind was probably she was scared, but I'm like, what? you know what I mean? It's like, Wow. Well, it's just, yeah, I mean, what was going on in my mind, I mean, she, she would tell you, know, and that was, you know, they were just in the back seat praying, you know, making yeah. peace with their maker. Yeah. Uh, that was a point where she said, you know, she thought she was going to die. Now, I've heard her use that about six different times when she has said, and that's when I thought we were going to die. I mean, um, mm. so after the first time, why didn't you turn back? After the second time, third, fourth, I mean, the, I mean, every single time you're at this juncture where you're like, okay, this is this is when it's gonna, this is when we're gonna die at the lunch counter, or you know, when they're being right. transported to parchment. I mean, when shots were fired at them in Arlington. I mean, there's all these different moments, and yet you still persevere. You know, you yeah. see it through. Uh, I, I think of you know, Invictus. You know. Yeah. Um, my head is bloody. My head is bloody, but unbowed, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. In the fell clutch of yeah. circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Invictus mm. means unconquered, right? Yes. Unconquerable so, soul. I love that's uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you know you are that warrior. You you're you know well you come from that stock so, <laughs> but you every we all have choices. We can all choose which path that we want to go on, and you chose the path to follow in your mother's footsteps and to tell her story. And then through telling her stories, you're able to tell more stories and. You know, just never stop. Just continue to do what you do um, um, in educating, you know, the world, actually. So let me ask you this. um, Your website, Do tell people where they can go because you Mm -hmm. started the foundation. So talk about that. Yep. Yeah, so the foundation exists to uh, end racism through education. Um, we had the films and the book and an online civil rights map, um, a curriculum that we share with schools. Um, mm-hmm. And they can go to thejtmfoundation.org. Okay. Say that one more time. Or you can try to spell out my mother's entire name and, you know, good luck with that. <laughs> but thejtmfoundation.org. Okay. And are you all, um, so if someone wanted to um, hire you to come speak at a function or whatever, can they get that information from the website as well? They can. Yep. It's right there. There's the, you know, events tab and, you know, contact okay. us and let us know. I mean, we are, we, uh, so I'm here, you know, I said I'm here in Selma and uh, we fly home the 14th. On the 16th, I turn right back around and meet up with my mom in Ruby Bridges in Tennessee. Wow. And then we go to Indianapolis. I get home the 21st, and then I turn right back around on the 23rd and head back out again. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good work, <laughs> you know, and we keep pushing yeah. forward. And, uh, you know, it's just what it's about, you know, sharing and the stories and, and, you know, doing uh-huh. doing our part. Yeah, and I think that's awesome that your mom is still out there doing it, like, after all these years, you know. She's still telling her stories, and, you know, people are embracing her. Um, She's just wonderful. And, I, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm going to make it my mission to meet her in person. Um, She's just right down the road a piece (laughs) in Virginia, uh, if we can catch her in Virginia, because she's traveling so much. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna make my point a mission to make sure that I I meet with her. So yeah, this has been wonderful. I mean, we could just you know go on and on and on. I'm hoping that you will come back and share some more with us, especially when you you know wrap up your film. I can't wait to see that in January of 2020. Um, yeah, so, me too. Yeah. Yeah, you said you too. Oh, you know it's going to be good. It's I, I already know it's going to be good. Because <laughs> the other ones, like I said, guys, you need to go. If you don't have a subscription to Amazon Prime, you need to get one. And you need to just type in Loki Mulholland, M-U-L-H-O-L-L-A-N. Do you know it took me a minute to really make sure I pronounced your names, especially your mom, like Trump Power. I was cause, oh, yeah. And you. And you sent it to me. You said, "Okay, yeah. this is." And you must have heard me 
like through osmosis or something because she sent me an email. It's like, this is how you pronounce it. Oh, gee, thank you so much. <laughs> but um, yeah, just go to Amazon Prime and you can type in Loki's name um, and, you know, all of his movies will appear and you just really need to, you know, check it out and leave a, a review um, to let them know that yeah. you, you watched the movie. So, um, well, Loki, it, we, it's about that time. I, I think I'm going to let yeah. you go now. I don't want to, <laughs> but, um, I will share this with everyone. Um, we have been talking about launching a new project together. Um, another, a podcast actually. And the podcast will actually talk, uh, uh, talk about, um, what we've been talking about today, but it'll be more extensive. We'll have people come on and share some, some stories and things like that, but we just want to continue to educate people and empower people um, and make them aware of some things that they may not have been aware of before. You know, it's all about education, right? Yep. Yep. So when we know more about that, you know, I will, you know, we'll keep you informed of that. But um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners before I let you go? No, just keep on keeping on. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Absolutely. And you know, your mom said something to that effect too. Um, She said. Oh, my mom said a lot of things. Yeah, she does. She does. But she said something about um, (laughs) finding your mission and um, just continuing to, she didn't use the word fight, but just paraphrasing, you know, find that thing that you're passionate about and go, you know, don't let it go. Just, you know, stand up for what's right. Stand up for justice. Yeah. And you don't have to change the world just change your world. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Loki Mulholland, thank you so much for taking your time to just come on and share with us. We really, really, really appreciate it. And I'm hoping that we can have you back one day. Well, for sure. Much appreciated. <laughs> All right, sweetie, you take care. And um, yeah, we'll be in touch soon. All right. Take care now. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Loki Mulholland, and um, we're down at that part of the show where I want to leave you with this. Last week, at this portion of the show, I left you with some quotes that I want to reshare tonight. So, because um, in my opinion, you really can't hear them enough. Dr. Martin Luther King once said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And another quote again that I believe we can't hear enough of was by another great man who once walked this earth. Jesus said, a new command I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. So for the rest of this particular segment, I'm just going to let the music speak for me. This is by John Lennon, and I just felt it was for such a time as this. So take a listen. Imagine. Imagine. 
And that concludes our show for this evening. I want to thank everyone for tuning in uh, with us this evening. A shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me and also to my friends and colleagues in all of my social networking sites. Once again, a big thank you to Mr. Loki Mulholland for taking the time to share a big part of your journey and your wisdom with us. We are eternally grateful for you. Also, don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration and leave a message to let us know you stopped by. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. And follow us on Twitter at least. 101. That's L-Y-S-E 101. Make sure you come back and tune in next Monday at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. And always remember, folks, that real power comes from knowledge because knowledge is power. And when we know better, we do better. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, is this. Take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation Seek God and learn how to love yourself first, because after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone.